0: Is it just me or does every topic seem touchy now? Seriously, name a topic that doesn't get so heated to the point we are incapable of having a productive discussion or conversation and work together towards solutions. Human beings have this disturbingly strong desire to not only be right, but to also selfishly inject themselves into the conversation and virtue signal about how great they are in a certain issue area. This, of course, throws critical thinking to the wind and people now support ideas or solutions on an emotional basis rather than substantive information. They fail to even want to discuss the pros and cons of said solution. Unintended consequences matter, even if the consequences take years to show up in data that's conclusive. Seemingly good law so often turns into bad law due to lack of simple foresight or conversation. I've said it before on this podcast and I will continue to preach it. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. We are not perfect. We're human beings. We should not expect each other to be perfect. So this leads me into our topic for the month of June, discussing critical race theory. Now, let me start by saying we should absolutely examine historical analyses, different perspectives, current laws, institutionalized oppressions, etc., surrounding how this nation has dealt with race. Racism is an awful, real stain in world history. It's a tribal human instinct that civilized society has yet to fully overcome. Critical race theory is meant to solve the enduring issue of systemic and systematic racism rooted in the United States' history with slavery and, of course, dealing with the echoes of that past. However, critical race theory has now come under fire because it's reached the classroom as a primary means for teachers in K through 12 and college settings to explain racism and how it continues to exist today. Some say that critical race theory itself is racist and focuses too staunchly on white privilege and ongoing institutionalized oppression that's perpetuated by racists in government who stand to benefit in elitist ways. Others contend that critical race theory is our best chance to educate the population on experiences and perspectives of maligned minorities and will create a more empathetic culture. Now, this is a complex issue, and I I think both sides have a very interesting perspective. Is critical race theory the best way to go about this, or is it fighting racism with racism? Uh, I'm really interested to have this conversation. Uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast, but go grab a glass of your favorite drink. I'm gonna have some whiskey. Enjoy. In my experience, conversations are best had with a glass of whiskey. Join me, Alan Kogan, as I engage in meaningful discussions while enjoying a glass of my favorite spirit. Welcome to the Kogan Conversation. All right, so what exactly is critical race theory? First officially organized in 1989, with intellectual roots dating back to the 60s, critical race theory is centered squarely on the premise that race is not a natural, biological, grounded feature... Of physical distinct subgroups of human beings, but a socially constructed or culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Basically, it just means that race is a social construct. It's, it, r- race is not something that's inherent. It's something that's created by society uh, through laws and and regulations and and stuff like that. So. It holds that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar that they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. It further contends that our nation's legal system is incapable of adequately addressing social issues such as racism. For instance, many theorists believe that although civil rights laws attempted to rectify the awful treatments of black Americans, it was only passed in a self-promoting way for elitist law-making whites at the time. They essentially only passed laws once it was convenient and politically expedient for them to do so, meaning racism is embedded into our institutions. The biggest takeaway from the theory is that people themselves may not intend to be racist, but their decisions could inadvertently fuel racism. Critics contend that this framework focuses so much on race that it itself is perpetuating racial categories and sows division between human beings. This idea of a predetermined role and ability in society assumes that non-white people are incapable of overcoming the injustices from this nation's past. It asserts that society is constantly trying to find ways to oppress anyone who is not white, and that pits us against each other. Critical race theory does not seek equality or justice. Instead, it categorizes people one's gender, race, or sexual orientation posits you as the oppressed or an oppressor, a status from which you are freed only when all existing societal structures, which are inherently racist, are overthrown. So the question is, is defeating racism through authoritarian routes the best way to go? All important questions that I can't wait to dive deep into with Grant, but before we get into the conversation, a word from our most important sponsor. This episode is brought to you by our favorite spirit, whiskey. We enjoy conversations more when there's a drink in our hand. Picture us at a fancy cigar lounge or in the brandy room of the Titanic discussing a plethora of issues, solving all the world's problems as the masters of the universe that we are. Today, I'm enjoying a glass of the new Lagavulin 11-year-old Nick Offerman Edition Scotch. It's finished in Guinness beer casks. Offerman himself worked with Lagavulin to create this incredible bottle in honor of his father for this year's Father's Day. The classic Lagavulin flavors are all there, including barbecue smoke, brine, and a bit of citrus. The is finish adds a new layer of vanilla and chocolate. If you get a chance, I highly recommend giving this limited edition whiskey a try. Now, of course, we are not actually sponsored by Lagavulin, but if they're listening to this and they'd love to send us some whiskey, I would not be opposed. So now that I have a drink in my hand, let's get back to the show. Cheers. All right. Well, I'm here with Grant Brown, of course, our faithful producer, Grant. What do you think about critical race theory give me your thoughts give me your distillation we just defined it so many of you
1: might be wondering why is this the topic that we decided to go audio only for (laughs) and i have an answer it's because we're black now oh my god we feel so historically oppressed we (laughs) worry that if we show our faces we're going to get attacked merciless
0: (laughs) uh we're, we're we're doing we're doing this entire podcast audio only in blackface <laughs> <Just>.
1: <laughs> this is a good start to our open and honest discussion about critical race okay let's get serious uh critical racism um it's horribly horribly racist unbelievably damaging both in schools and in the workplace and it's tearing our country and our culture apart at the
0: so yeah i mean with i mean it's going to come to no surprise to anyone that you and i are going to align on this pretty well but i mean it, the reason why you and i are doing this podcast together and why we're pretty good friends is because we are our values align pretty good but that being said i think it's important to kind of figure out like the philosophical disagreements we have with with critical race theory because there i'm having trouble finding the malintention of just the general public like i don't think the common academic who supports critical race theory is doing so in a way that's trying to be racist does that make sense like I, it's not like I, I, okay just sure, as they
1: there's a difference between the academic who's going to put it in their classroom and the person who's going to pick up a copy of how to be an anti-racist by Ibrahim Kennedy. Yeah. Get some kind of takeaway from it. Like, yes, that might be spawned out of some kind of good intention, but that's the honest sinister part of it is that it's playing on these good intentions of people because yes, we are aligned philosophically in the fact that we're not racist and we think everyone regardless of the color of their skin should be judged by the content of their character you know that thing that martin luther king jr said when he was still alive (laughs) and critical race theory at its heart is so philosophically opposed to that idea that there's no way to like truly honestly see it without seeing that at its heart is and calling out that you are nothing more than the color of your skin that's what it is saying nothing more and the only reason it's doing that is it's like it it has its roots and in, in, in all these these academic circles and 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 universities that have just been taken over by quote-unquote critical theorists and it's just it's like it's basically just marxism masked with a with a racial lens
0: well and critical theory it that its framework is is from marxist teachings yeah so it's it's tough because I I feel like a lot of people who are either misinformed or uneducated or or maybe purposefully blind to the the fact because it, it's almost self grandizing to say that you know you're supporting this thing that's trying to showcase the perspectives of the black experience or the experiences of of minorities because of horrible oppressions that existed and and, and I think it's important when having this conversation that we we do recognize that you know this country is not perfect. And there, there absolutely is racism that, that occurs every day, but is, it, is, is the correct way to teach it or to, 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 to try to stop it from happening or to try to solve the root issues? Is it to, to say that, oh, because you're black or because you're a minority, therefore, you will always be oppressed? Like that, that, that to me just assumes that no one's incapable of having a non-monolithic thought.
1: No, and it, that, that's exactly what it is. And it, it takes something that isn't otherwise black and white and makes it that. Like it in the in the like just like going into the worldview of critical race theory, sometimes referred to as like like anti-racism. Like that's something you hear a lot. Best-selling books, how to be an anti-racist, uh, children's books. <laughs> With that in the title. Um, it comes down to the fact that you are either anti racist or you are racist. There is no in between. And if you do not claim to be anti racist, then you are racist. And the basic thought behind that is if you are not actively acknowledging that every interaction everywhere has a racial power dynamic and you don't buy into that mono thought, then you are like basically you're not with us you're against us and that makes you like racist but the issue is if you're white like us sorry i lied to you at the start of this we're not actually (laughs) black (laughs) yes if you're white you you are you regardless of what your your actions or words or intent says about you you have a privilege because of the color of your skin which has its roots in like like it's such great propaganda for people who are well-intentioned because it has its roots in truth. Like there's truth to these things. Mm -hmm. There's truth to to that people who are not white have been historically oppressed, but that does not mean that every interaction everywhere forever is rooted in this racial power dynamic. And just by the fact that I am saying that that's the case, like I'm, I'm, I'm being quote unquote defensive, And it's because of my privilege attacking subconsciously, and that's my racism showing its true colors. So if I am actively anti-racist, I have to acknowledge that I am racist regardless of what I do or say, or if I say that's all bullshit and I want no part of it, I'm also racist. So it's literally a Kafka trap of a no-win scenario. And there's nothing that that sets out to do other than to divide people based on their skin color
0: right yeah it's 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 again this thought of equity versus equality right equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity um everyone who fought and died in the civil war on the union side um and everyone who fought and either were injured or died in the civil rights movement and all the things that happened in the 60s you know they they were fighting for what Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all the people, even though they had different visions of how to go about it, were fighting for. It was it was uh, the vision of being judged by your merits as a person, as a human being, being in the content of your character, not this, the color of your skin. And yet, in critical race theory's very definition, perpetuated by a bunch of academics, it actually uses language like whites and non-whites and to me that alone is just it just sounds disgusting it sounds like how about you know i i'm i'm super wide-eyed and naive about this but i'd love for there to be no labels i i'd love to for us to get to a point where it's like you know the color of your skin does not matter it's like your your brain power and your abilities are what matter mm-hmm. uh i understand maybe for certain context as far as like reporting a criminal who broke into your store or something for description but short of that it doesn't it's any it's no different than what color shoes you have on it's what you look like it doesn't matter for who you are so you know but the critical race theory would say that that's racist because critical race theory asserts that your race is your identity and therefore you have to be treated as that and and that is such a dumb assertion
1: well and here's the thing it goes beyond that even because like Let's go back a hundred years even in this country. So we had ended slavery in the law like, like that. That was over after the civil war. Um, But there was still horrible racism and segregation being perpetuated like all over the country. Right. Um, and we're not saying that that doesn't still exist in certain places. We're arguing against this idea that it is baked into every interaction ever. But yeah, I was about to say like. If you were like Irish or Italian at the time, you were almost no better than a black person a hundred years ago in certain places. Now it's, it's not even like a racial background or you're like, your your like your heritage anymore. It is literally like the pigment of your skin. And that's how they can get away with saying shit. Like people who are quote unquote white adjacent or white passing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: roll into that Jewish people roll into that Asian people like mm-hmm. up until a year ago when covid hit Asians were getting horribly discriminated against because they were considered quote unquote white adjacent under this this critical race theory under the name of equity equality of outcome as opposed to equality of opportunity they were actively getting discriminated against at Harvard and other schools yep, yep. lawsuits that are going to the supreme court about this and this is a result the direct result of this kind of theory this critical race theory oh suddenly there's there's the the what would trump call the china virus now we have to protect these now they're historically oppressed people asian americans stop asian hate that's that's the big buzzword now but suddenly people were forgetting that we were actively discriminating against those people because they were they were not as oppressed as historically as um black or brown people
0: which is insane. Well, and I'll even, I'll give a hot take too with American history. The African American or black American struggle in this country is is real, of course. And I, I think it's it's very important for us to listen to voices, listen to perspectives, listen to experiences and, and, and grow and learn from history, of course. But I hate comparisons because their experience and, and trauma from the past injustices and oppressions of this country and, and just general world history is... Unique to them, Native Americans suffered mass genocide many, many, many times over. Mm -hmm. Like, as many Native Americans as, you know, there were on this continent, I think, what, 10% survived after the Revolutionary War, Mm -hmm. and it's down to a a single-digit percentage nowadays of of actual, you know, full-blooded Native Americans who can trace Mm -hmm. their lineage 100% back to just this continent. That's awful, um, but there's been like no talk about Native American, you know, stuff, and it's 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 in it's like it's a, politi- a political football used by. I mean, then this is where I'm going to agree with critical race theory: is that there are political elitists. I don't care whether they're white or 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 whatever; they are political elitists that use human beings. What uh, I would say mostly people who are poor, who are of all races, of all of all ethnicities, they use them as a political football to further their goals and their agendas, whether, you know, they're they're good or bad. They just use them. They use people. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a deeper thing here, too, because I've always been an advocate for understanding the historical context of what's going on today. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for example, why are there black ghettos in certain cities? Our hometown, Milwaukee, is the most segregated city in the nation. Why is that? Well, the reason that is, is because there's historical disenfranchisement that happened to black Americans in the city. Oh, absolutely. And so there are still these ghosts and these echoes of past racism that exist. Those laws might not be, and even those politicians might not be around anymore, but there are still reverberations from the past. So I think the question is, how do we address that? If If, if redlining created this housing issue for black Americans and now they're only in certain areas and they kind of have a larger barrier to overcome still today. How do we how do we approach that without going into the into the weird depths of affirmative action and critical race theory and anti-racist teaching that is almost a counterproductive, but maybe on the surface sounds like a, a, a glowy fun, nice way to do it, right? it's tough it-, it it's so tough because it, it's it's such good
1: like for the last again 100 years the fucking marxists have been winning the propaganda game like they've been doing great because it's it's yep. such in theory again that it goes back to like the written theory it makes sense like this 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 go back to this like classist divide but the the thing about like basing your teachings off of Karl marx is he was a, he was a horrible horrible racist in his day too yeah uh, let's not forget that and it's literally on the basis of like tearing apart like cultural differences and putting people in like put, pitting people against each other to to seize control it happened in the soviet union it happened in nazi germany and it, it, it keeps happening throughout history it's happened even mm-hmm. before then too like this is nothing mm-hmm. new and it, it, it's no surprise that the same people who, who buy into this shit and are like perpetuating it are also trying to rewrite like history as we know it like nobody who opposes it is like saying that nothing horrible has ever happened in history. In fact, history is nothing but horrors upon horrors and human beings inflicting like horrible oppression onto each other. And in fact... I would say that up until now, like one of the most in just all of history the one of the most successful experiments we've done is the fucking United States and, and Western <laughs> thought. Sure. But now that's that's based on on white supremacist ideals, which is nonsense. Yeah. <sighs>
0: I and I'm 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 only going to play devil's advocate because I, I I want to try to flesh out the philosophy behind this because I agree with you I think it's I think it's ludicrous and I think we're in a weird spot, but I'm trying to step into the shoes of someone who supports this. I'm trying I'm trying to envision you're you are up against a massive criminal justice system, a massive bureaucracy that fails to even write. Decent tax law it fails to even understand basic things of how government should work. So when you come across an issue such as police brutality, or you come across a thing like a, like that that that's so easily to 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 point to institutionalized racism. That's something that's like okay, this is continuously happening disproportionately to Black Americans. Um, and not that the police issue is a good one because I think the data is kind of iffy. Oh, it doesn't but,
1: support that at all
0: no yeah and, and but a good example would be um uh the uh, drug the drug war right so the drug war is perpetuated by well, is it is it rooted in racism i think some of it is uh the cocaine the crack epidemic was squarely a, a racist policy and a a, a, a grab bag to, to just imprison black dads and now you have an entire generation of of, of black kids who grew up without a father uh, is that now was that a system systematic design that was meant to do that, or was it just it happened to be that black people were using crack at a higher rate, and therefore they were the ones who got arrested more? Or were resources being given to more urban areas where black ghettos existed because of the racist policies of housing and 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 whatnot that happened prior? I've, all these things compound, and I think critical race theory and, and the supporters thereof. Are trying to figure out a way to, to to educate and and push an agenda that shows that hey there's a problem here and I I don't disagree with them or the idea that there is a problem within our how we handle these situations or how we how we go about discussing them I think the problem I have is that that in doing so you can't just make more labels and force people into categories and say well because you're black therefore or because you're white. You know, you are racist because you have privilege. That's going a step too far, as just as as far as a value system for me. But you know, is is are we at a point where there's there people are just so uninterested in having a conversation with people of different perspectives and and ideologies and 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 expertise that that they feel the need to have this type of. Theory that sounds really great on paper. It sounds like, oh, well, this is going to solve racism. This is how we overcome things. And they're just misinformed or they're naive or, you know, whatever. I I don't know. It's almost like, again, 99% of people who support critical race theory are left-leaning Democrats. So why? You know, that's because it's propagandized. This podcast is a work of passion and is completely self-funded. We want to continue providing this platform dedicated to free thought and conversation, but we kindly ask that you show your support. Patreon isn't just a platform where you can give a small monthly donation. It also gives you exclusive access to extended unedited episodes, bonus content, as well as creative input into what we cover. We want you to be a part of the Coding Conversation family and help drive the conversation towards topics that you care about. The more we grow, the more perks can come to being a supporter on Patreon. Head over now to our website at www.thecoganconvo.com and learn how you can sign up. Don't you want to know what topics are coming up and when an episode is releasing on your favorite podcast platform? Subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify, and of course, following us on social media helps immensely. By the way, please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. You can also head over to our website and sign up for our email list so you never miss out on any important information or our upcoming monthly newsletter.
1: But it becomes a different thing when you're putting these things in schools.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. Well, it Literally just, what, two hours ago, I saw a, a confirmation that the school board in Florida uh, just passed legislation banning critical race theory. Let me read this. So it's a state board of education. It's a new rule. It's a required instruction uh, planning and reporting. And that it's actually from Governor DeSantis, uh, Florida's education system exists to create opportunity for our children. Critical race theory teaches kids to hate our country and to hate each other. It is state-sanctioned racism and has no place in Florida schools. And he has a couple lists of what the amendment says. Uh, so one, it teaches uh, students how to think, not what to think. Uh, It fosters an environment where students can think critically and for themselves. It protects students from being influenced or indoctrinated to think a certain way. It ensures students receive classroom instruction that is factual and objective. It helps guarantee teachers serve as facilitators of classroom and discussion without making students feel pressured to think a certain way. And it also provides a well-rounded, world-class education that exposes students to um, multiple viewpoints and perspectives on a litany of topics. Now, just, just quick, you know, education is my is my bread and butter. It's my my topic, but <laughs> that's a lot of fluff and a lot of bullshit for a public school. I was about to say, <laughs> to that, begin sound,
1: with. that sounds nice.
0: It's, yeah. But-, <laughs> but 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 i think what we have to debate and we have to have a conversation about regardless of desantis or republicans or democrats or 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 whatever the the philosoph the philosophy behind how to teach a student and how how schools should be run what's the point of a school is the point of a school to have teachers who 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 give Agenda points to uh, a historical thing that they prefer or, or uh, a politician that they like. If, if there's a, t- a teacher out there who's teaching a, a government politics class who doesn't like Donald Trump, for instance, you know, it'd be interesting to see their curriculum from four years ago and their curriculum now with the now a Democratic president. I think that matters because when it comes to education, I'd rather have the creation of critical thinkers, people who are able to discern information from themselves. Uh, that's part of the problem we have right now is that you have Fox and you have MSNBC, you have CNN and you have, you know, these these, these hyper-partisan pundits who <clears throat> are just kowtowing to certain agenda items of, of certain parties. And then you have people out there who aren't able to discern fact from fiction or opinion from, from reporting. And then you also have opinion pieces that are disguised as actual reporting and it, you know, you and I do this because we want to, and we want to be informed, but the general populace, the, the general American, either one doesn't care to to spend the extra five minutes to, you know, read past one or two tweets from his favorite person uh, or two doesn't have the time. Like it's just, it's just, it just sucks up too much time to dive into these rabbit holes of like, Oh, well, (laughs) <laughs> is uh, critical race theory a good or bad thing? Because my friend here says it's good because racism is a problem. And I agree with racism being a problem, so maybe it's good. And he knows more about it than I do, so maybe I support him. But my friend over here says that it's bad because it's racist and so- it doesn't solve the problem. And it actually teaches people to hate this country. And I don't like people who don't like our country, so maybe he's right. Well, uh, I'll just I'll just listen to what Fox says. And, and now his opinion is made, and I don't think that's the right way to go about this. I disagree with critical race theory, but I encourage everyone to listen to people who are supporters of critical race theory and make up your own mind. That's what education should be doing. It shouldn't be like what DeSantis says. It should not teach students what to think. It should teach them how to think. That sounds great. That still doesn't happen, but- I
1: was going to say, like, how are you reading all that? I'm like, how do you enforce crap like that? Like, exactly. Okay, it's, it's great in writing. Cool but it takes it takes one teacher to come in and say mm, this is my lesson plan
0: and and there's again you could get the teacher union stuff like how how do you just define a good teacher you know is a, is a good teacher someone who is who is able to meet all the metrics and and force students to have a good i shouldn't say force but lead them to have a good uh, standardized testing score or is it a teacher who connects to the student on a human level is a good mentor is a good you know Building block for a, a young person's life, but also is able to teach math and science and and things that matter. Um, you know, I, I would really hope that that racism is, is defeated at the ground level with with young children, of course, but like what, parents what is, and community what organizers. Mean?
1: What does that mean, though? Racism is defeated.
0: Well, I know you can. Thank you. That that brings me my, my another point. It's like it's. I said this in the intro. It's tribal. Human beings, we're tribal, right? We 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 like to be in comfortable situations, and it happens all the time. You go to high school. High school, you sit with people who are like you, who look like you, who sound like you, and generally that just that sometimes that can be race. You know, you have a, uh, the Asian lunch table and you have the the Black lunch table, and as long as we're not acting on those biases in a in a in a in a detrimental or or awful way, like my biggest example that I've always shown or, or explained is imagine the mindset of the average American post nine eleven in that in that first like three years after 9-11, when it was confirmed that it was it was people from the Middle East who were Muslim uh, and looked a certain way, had a certain look about them, and you go to the airport post 9-11, and you're getting on a plane, and the guy who sits next to you happens to look to be what you consider Muslim. And do you act on that? Do you freak out? Do you start saying racial slurs? Do you start telling him he's a bad person? If you do, then you are a racist <laughs> and you're a horrible bigot who, you know, doesn't understand that you know the people that crashed the planes into the towers—they were their own people.
1: It, and, racism can also look like going to the flight attendant and saying, "Hey, did we really check on that guy there? Maybe we
0: should." Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, th- yeah.
1: like th- there's soft forms of these things of too. Of course.
0: But I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that human, humans have – we have biases, right? We're, gonna, we, we're going to look and assume the worst in each other. It's up to us to learn and, and, and you know have willpower to not act on them. Um, the George Zimmerman case is a good example where you have this, this black kid walking around with a hood on. And, oh, okay, well, he's black and has a hood on at night. What's he up to? So then George Zimmerman pursues him. And it's like, okay.
1: I bet if you took a poll – of like anyone today and ask them, what race was George Zimmerman? Would you, wager to guess what the majority of the answer would be? I'm sure people would say white. And that's not true.
0: Exactly. <laughs> he a, he was Hispanic,
1: but. But that's what, it, that's what it does to people. It like it like rewrites right. their brain. Yes. And it's, it's, it is honestly sinister. It's disgusting. We,
0: at, at my last job. Working at the courthouse. Well, other than learning how, well, I I knew, but learning more so how broken the criminal justice system is for not just minorities, but or or for people who don't have money, but just people in general. I mean, it's just it's awful. Um, It's not people driven. It's not it's not humanity centric. It's very, very, very broken. Um, That's a different podcast. But (laughs) uh, no, uh, we we went to a training. Um, with officers uh, who were working with Milwaukee uh, Police Department, and it was a racial bias training. And I originally had rolled my eyes and thought, oh, God, okay, it's going to be one of these feel-good, you know, we're a rainbow of spectrum of people, and we all have to be whatever, whatever. And, you know, I, I'm not opposed to obviously having... No racism but i i I don't appreciate sometimes how it's presented it's presented in a very it's almost like those those uh remember in high school we had like rachel's challenge where it's like we have to defeat bullying and it's like okay we all agree bullying is bad but when you do it in this like beating brow beating beat you over the head manner that makes you like talks to you like you're a child it makes you turn your brain off and kind of melt out your ear and go i don't want (laughs) to The thing about this this
1: unconscious bias training, though, like the Robin D'Angelo's of the world who are white people going around calling other white people racist, regardless of what they think or feel day to day, if if you honestly truly think you are not racist, they'll still tell you, well, unconsciously you are. And here's Mm -hmm. why. It's gaslighting. It's straight up gaslighting. You're being talked down to and you're you're basically being told you cannot trust your own thoughts
0: or feelings. No, you're right. And I, I... I mean the training was well done it wasn't it wasn't done in a way that was in that sense but it was more so directed in the idea which I kind of agree with the philosophy of hey if you're an officer on the job especially in today's wild wild west of of pulling a car over for a simple speeding ticket you know i i, I do not envy the police officers jobs right now it's tough because you don't know I you never, don't know what I, you're getting i
1: never thought they had a good no. job that's a miserable no. job to be in
0: and so to, to now that you have the, the public spotlight on you and and you have to either restrict yourself or 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 act a certain way because you're on camera you know that's that can be detrimental but again another conversation but it was it was as an officer of the law recognizing that in certain situations you might have a bias of, of how the situation might go of the neighborhood you're in of the people you're dealing with of because of the way they speak or the way they sound i mean it's a, it's as simple as simple as if if you go up to a person who's in a wheelchair and you automatically assume that they're lesser for it like that's not a race thing there's, that's there's, that's an ability thing and if, if, like yeah. have you ever so seriously have you ever talked to someone in a wheelchair with a louder voice Or slowed your voice down? No,
1: I've talked to people who can't speak English in a louder voice. I have done that. Uh, Okay.
0: Yes. Okay. That's a good example. But like the people who are disabled, sometimes I've I've witnessed and I I, I probably have too. It's like you slow your voice down so they understand you and it's like – They're just, they just, they just don't have legs. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so that stuff, having that kind of like, uh, that, that thought process as an officer of like, Hey, you could be in a situation where there's a black person versus a Hispanic person versus a white person. Sometimes certain things come up, especially when you're fed spoon fed crap on the media that you might have this unconscious bias in that way, not in the way that, because you're white. Does well, that make sense?
1: That's, that's that's I totally see what you mean, and that's another thing too. Where why it's so like it, I understand the people who have these good intentions because it's it's based in fact. Like yes, we all have an unconscious bias about other people. Like that's just right. a, like biological, like evolution, a evolutionary part of humanity. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's like yeah, I'm not gonna. The difference is like it can be framed like this. I go I I'm I'm with a person who's in a wheelchair. And I, my, my unconscious bias is going to say they probably have a tough time going upstairs, which is like not an unreasonable thing to assume in that situation. It can then be reframed. And this is the, the critical, like critical theory part of that. It's like, oh no, you didn't think that because it's a reasonable thing to assume. You thought that because you thought you're, they're a lesser person, right? That's where it's, it's, that's no, that's not true. Like we can have biases about certain groups of people because we are, yes, tribal by nature. And that's that's why it's so sinister to me, because it plays on those like cultural and and, like evolutionary held things like that's just innate to human beings and twists them into these like, oh, well, that that interaction went that way, not because it was just a normal everyday like person talking to another person that is not in their normal like social sphere. It was because you look like that, they look like that, and because of that, you have inherent power over that person. And you like describe it in that way, and it's like, that sounds like like if I just removed who is saying these things, I would be like, What are you? Like in the Ku Klux Klan? That sounds like what a white an actual white supremacist would say. I am white, therefore I have more power. That's basically right. what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: That's something that like we we are we, we hear, and we're like, that's a disgusting idea. We should like beat that with better ideas. Which is, hey, we're human beings, and we're inherently the same, and that's a good and okay thing. And we should work together through that.
0: Yeah, no, I I think I think what I keep coming back though is to you know, is the intention bad? Like who who is is there someone at the top? who is pushing critical race theory with what you just said as the reason they're doing it. Too
1: hats on people.
0: Right? So that, you know <laughs> deep state lizard people, I'm just saying. There's a there's a there's a question between systemic and systematic racism. So there's a difference between the two. Systemic is like like throughout the, like there's a racism throughout the whole system, right? There like every facet of our institution has racist things, right? systematic is like a methodical intentional implementation of racist like like uh, laws that would bar um black people from being in the cia uh, or you know, something to that effect
1: Some Jim crow shit. so there's
0: yeah some jim crow shit so systematic racism i would argue is no longer a thing as far as we know there's no uh, obvious law that exists that's that's barring people of of, of different races or to do certain things. but so but systemic is is are there are there racist echoes in institutions that exist today from past things? Well, I would argue that maybe in some ways, I think I think we can have a conversation about each thing case by case with context. I don't think it's right to say that there's systemic racism period. Like I think I think, okay, well, is there systemic racism in housing policy that exists from the 1960s? Okay, well, let's look at that. What does that look like on paper? How do we solve that today? x, y, z right um, and then and then, after we solve that problem or uh, of whether or not the problem exists then we can have a discussion about how to solve it uh you know does it mean reparations is that the right way to go about it i I don't i don't think so but maybe it's worth a conversation Uh, it doesn't mean uh some semblance of critical race theory to have to, to to educate people i don't think so but at least let's have a conversation about it that but that that conversation can't happen until we agree on whether or not racism exists in everything and critical race theorists and the supporters of, of the theory won't even have a discussion with you if you say that, well, you know, to say that everything's racist is kind of, and they're like, oh, fuck you. Well, okay, so how are you even going to get your brand across or or solve your problem if you won't even talk to me about the problem?
1: Well, that, that they're not interested in solving that problem.
0: No, they're not. You're right. That's what I mean. And, and, yeah, and no, it's
1: like the conversation needs to happen and it needs to start from a place of, it cannot start from the place of you are either with us or against us but it's true like you can't start a conversation that way you can't start rectifying things from that ground of you are either right or right. wrong let's let's start with what we agree on yeah racism's bad okay perfect i would say with near certainty and not being an insane person about it that 99% of people would agree with that. 99% of people in the Western world would agree with that.
0: It's it's tough because I, I would I would almost want to posit that the vast majority of people who are supporting critical race theory aren't either in tune with how bad it is or either blindly accept it like the intention behind if you just talk to the the normal like average American and you say critical race theory and they're like oh yeah we're solving racism you know are, are they supporting critical race theory because they're a marxist I, I, I don't think so and I don't think that's they the know, problem they,
1: they know of it as critical race theory I think that's not something that they're marketing it under' they're they're, they're calling right. it they're calling it you you are anti-racist well mm-hmm. yeah I'm anti-racist yeah that that I I agree with that. I am anti-racist. Like yeah, that's okay. People who aren't going to think are going to yeah, say yeah, I agree with that. It's just like saying, "Oh, yes, Black Lives Matter. I agree with that." Yes. And you're like, "Hmm. Hold on. I'm not arguing against this, but let's let's really examine what these people are saying." Yeah. Let's let's well, let's I, critically like examine these things and think about this and understand what are the roots of these ideas. So yes, that's it's and that's the propaganda war they are winning. Yes, I am I'm anti-racism. Yes. I agree with that. No, I I'm I'm I I don't have I'm not I'm not a white supremacist. I don't I don't I I yeah, I, okay. I I'm white. Yeah, okay. I I guess I have certain thoughts that uh, well okay, I have biases. Yes. I I'm oh, well, no, I'm not going to disagree. I I'm not fragile. I don't have white fragility. Oh, wait, no, I'm not going to disagree with that. No, no, no. Don't call me racist. It's, it's, it's divide and conquer. It's, it's let's strike fear into people by these things that they would otherwise associate with negatives because they're good and well-intentioned people. But it, there's There's no constructive element past that. It's destructive.
0: What's the way to get across? If you're sitting at a bar with someone who is a a, a, a supporter of critical race theory, or they or they they drop the anti racist word or whatever, and Ooh,
1: how many drinks have I had?
0: Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> how do you go? How do you approach them and and say that you know what they're supporting is actually counterproductive? You know, is it is it data driven? Because I know we just in the that's why you're saying the propaganda war is being won by by words, you know, to say Black Lives Matter, to say defund the police, to say anti-racist. Those are things that sound I mean, yeah, defund the police maybe is a, is a different, but it's a, it's a quick clickbaity, catchy word that sounds like, oh, yeah, I, I support that and therefore I'm good. So if you're against that, then you're against good things. So. It's like we're not winning the idea war. We're not winning the, the thought war. How do we do that?
1: Here's what I would do. I would use it I would use their own shit against them. I would drop I would drop quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. without saying his name. Mm. And then I would drop some Adolf Hitler quotes without saying his name. And then I would find out which one that they support. I would wager to bet that it's gonna be the Hitler quotes. And I'd be like, oh you know who said that? And you know who said the other one? And then watch them not believe you and then say go look it up, and then they walk away and they're not going to look it up because they don't want to. They don't want to think that they're that they don't want to. They don't want to believe that that's the case. They're doing the right Right. thing. They're asking you to check your privilege. That's one way it could go or could go the other way, where it's that video of uh, some old lady getting her package delivered by uh, like. A a young um, black Amazon carrier. And some exchange happens and the carrier's like, hey, you should check your white privilege. And the lady's like, no. And then this other lady beats her, beats an old lady up, basically. And that's what the world is coming to divide and pit people against each other on the basis of race.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think the the, the biggest thing with with this, especially because it's kind of a touchy, people are squishy about a lot of taboo topics, especially when it comes to race and other topics that I'm sure we'll get into at some point on the podcast. But you have to, with your best effort, especially because they won't. If people who disagree with you aren't willing to see your side of the point of, of the of the perspective or or you know see your side of the argument, you have to do your best to see theirs. And try to come at it from an empathetic, you know, because it, be better than them. They don't assume the worst in them just because someone supports critical race theory or has these ideas. I don't think that the general public who you know listens to a politician spout these ideas agrees with these ideas hundred percent. I think they're being sold bullshit. It's tough. It's really tough, and I think this is an important topic to discuss, and I think there's, there's more to come, there's more for us to debate, and I think there's, uh, there's more you know, opportunity here for us to continue. But I think uh, I think you and I kind of nailed it on the head with, with where our thought process is, at least for critical race theory. So Yeah, that's um, just
1: our white privilege talking.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I was trying to say it in a nicer way, but yes.) <laughs> <laughs> know that this podcast has swag that's right t-shirts hats sweatshirts even stickers head over to www.thecoganconvo.com and grab some gear to show your support of the show i'm alan and i'm grant thank you for listening to the kogan conversation this podcast
1: is about engaging with different perspectives values and ideas we want to learn how to progress conversations on important topics without assuming the worst in each other
0: Each month, we will tackle a new topic while enjoying a glass of our favorite spirit and shed light on the beauty of good conversation.
1: Until next time. Cheers.